Welcome to the Nerdaplexi Comic Movie Review Show. In this series, we are going to break down and analyze every comic movie released between 1989's Batman all the way to 2008's Iron Man. We are going to track the trends, hype the hits, and dunk on the duds. All in search of the perfect convergence of comics and cinema. Joining me on this epic journey is my longtime friend and frequent co-conspirator, Sam. Dad not found. <laughs> And helping us wrangle this episode, it's our own social media keen bean. Is Dave need a new Ben Pan? I know I do. It's good you did a keen. You did a keen bean line. The original quote I was gonna say was "It's been a slice," but then I couldn't find it. But I found it. Do you want to do it? It's been a slice. No, Dad not found this probably better. <laughs> Okay, so sit back, relax, and grab your smellerizer as we dive into Richie Rich. All right, this one was released December 26, 1994, directed by Donald Petrie, starring Macaulay Culkin, Edward Herman, Jaron Larroquette, and Jonathan Hyde. It was driving me crazy the whole time I was watching this movie. Jonathan Hyde is Cadbury, and I could not figure out where I knew him from, but he is the long-mustachioed hunter from Jumanji. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. The Jumanji. And Professor Keenbean, you might have also had that tickle with him as well. Billy Madison? From a couple of different roles. Office Space? The psychologist in Office Space. He was also Friar Tuck in Prince of Thieves. Oh, that's fly. Oh, yeah. With Kevin Costner. Waterworld fame. Of Waterworld fame. Yeah. That's what everyone knows Kevin Costner from. I actually know him from The Postman. Oh, so... boy. Is he the one who always knocks twice? No, it's the one in post-apocalyptic America who restarts society because he was such a good fucking postman. It's a dumb three-hour-long movie I wish I never watched. No, fuck that. It's amazing. You're a godsend. A savior. No, I'm the postman. So... <laughs> I know that this movie had existed, and I was pretty convinced that I had seen it before. But now I'm thinking I just watched a lot of Silver Spoons reruns, so I don't <laughs> think I had ever seen this one before today. That's Ricky Schroeder. I saw this movie in theaters, baby. I remembered most of this one. I watched this on a sleepover, probably on VHS. This one would slap at a sleepover. It went down pretty smooth, as I recall. <laughs> Because just when you're starting to get bored, they hit you with that Richie Rich is showing you all the toys scene. Oh, so many toys. Why the fat kid have all that food? They hit that McDonald's. Yo, yeah, when they showed the McDonald's, I was like, this is truly a kid's dream house. So many other movies try to capture that, but the McDonald's, I think, is definitely the crown jewel of the Richie Rich mansion. Well, that's just like something that's so crazy to have. Like of all the things like, oh, he has a restaurant in his house. But no, if you specifically have a Mac fucking do's in there, that's going to shred your brain. You paid franchise fees and everything. (laughs) (laughs) My one question is, is did that room always exist? Did he always have the Mac do's in his house or was that a last minute inclusion? I prefer to think that he got it because he heard, spoiler, no spoiler, guys, but he tried to play baseball with a bunch of poor people, and the one guy said, oh, man, I was going to take that $3 to McDonald's. And I think he heard that. I think a light bulb went off, and he was like, you know what? I could get me a McDonald's. I think it was a rotating restaurant room, and now it's McDonald's. It's been Burger King. It's been Subway, Pita Pit. Never a Sparrow. Always a bridesmaid. Never a Sparrow. Here's my thing. That was a $10 bet that he was going to spend at McDonald's. Yo, 1994? 10 bucks at McDonald's? Yeah, you're getting a lot of food there. No, it was Richie Rich's $10 up against the kids' $10 collectively. Oh. So he had $3 he was going to spend. I see. At McDonald's, which would have probably bought him the top of the top of the line meal. Well, you can get a cheeseburger for 69 cents back then, man. I mean, we got a lot of inflation going on right now, but McDonald's has stayed pretty, I mean, under $12, you could still feed a family of three. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. That's a lot of McChickens, baby. Well, let's dive right into this thing. There's lots to get into. Point of order. (laughs) Oh, point of order. Is uh, that the the Richie Rich Mansion is the Biltmore, which is the same one they used in Hannibal as the home of Mason Verger, which I only say so I can get this clip of Gary Oldman saying Cordell. (laughs) I might be able to get a cookie now. What do you say, Cardell? Cardell. Cardell! 
Cordell. Cordell, I think you can leave us now. Cordell? It's Cordell, did, did we throw it out? Oh, Cordell? Cordell. Cordell, get this damn thing off me. I can't breathe in this thing. Cordell, quickly! Cordell! Shoot him! Cordell? <laughs> Cordell! <laughs> a truly buckwild movie. Uh, Megan hasn't. We've only ever watched Silence of the Lambs, and she um, she had brought up wanting to see Hannibal. The abrupt and drastic tone shift to have seen mm-hmm. like one of possibly the best thriller movies, undoubtedly, to Hannibal. Which I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty good. I love that movie, but the shift is so drastic and extreme. Total whiplash. The shift is drastic and extreme between every single movie in that whole entire catalog. Did you guys ever see the uh, Michael Mann one, Manhunter? Not yet. I only ever watched the He's Behind Bars scene that's on YouTube that's like... Oh, yeah. It was like a comparison of Hannibal Lecter's Anthony Hopkins versus Brian Cox versus Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, But also the dude who plays Will Graham does some pretty solid work, considering all I've ever known him as is, like, Gil Grissom. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? The CSI guy? Yeah. (laughs) And he's in Young Guns 2 as William Peterson. He plays Pat Garrett. Young Guns 2. Yeah. Young Guns, great movies, by the way. Yeah, they are real good. It's a good flick, though. You could do worse than Emilio Estevez as Billy the Kid. Which I only say so I can put that clip of him saying, I'll make you famous. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to check out Young Guns again because I remember watching it as a kid and I was absolutely fine with it. I wonder now if it's going to make me squirm in my seat a little bit, but I'll give it an honest shot. In my memory of it, it's completely scored by John Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt that even remotely. That sounds like a thing that they would do. That sounds actually perfect. I wish he would just do like, I'm a cowboy, and then, but just change the lyrics ever so slightly to like, on a real horse I ride. <laughs> Not a steel horse. <laughs> a real horse? On a real horse I ride. <laughs> on a regular horse I ride. It's not a motorcycle. On a flesh horse I ride. <laughs> on, a, on a flesh, <laughs> a flesh horse. horse. That is awful. <laughs> flesh horse is actually maybe the best death metal band name ever. <laughs> flesh horse. I'm not going to lie. TM, TM, TM. Yeah. We, we've been talking about Richie Rich now for zero minutes but flesh horse is a thing that's now in my head forever no it's a good movie and it has made born the idea of flesh horse which is <laughs> we'll probably quit the podcast to pursue <laughs> i think every time someone says flesh horse i'm gonna put in like a you gotta a give metal me a sting. like death clock Whew! stinger <laughs> yeah yes exactly flesh horse flesh horse flesh horse <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm typing flesh horse into that dolly thing to see what comes out should just be a horse i hope so <laughs> All right, so it's not actually not actually already a band name, so we're good. Fleshhorse.com. It's available. It's open. It's available. Until this episode drops, it's available. <laughs> oh no. One one sec. I don't know if you guys have been following Dolly, but this motherfucker is wild. Let me drop a the fresh new hell in the chat. <laughs> oh. I don't like that. <laughs> the bottom middle one's just a head. This is actually a lot tamer than what was in my mind, so. He's on a charcuterie board. Well, he's made of meat. Slash. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one's clearly make that, bread, Make though. that an album cover. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's really something. There's the meat little pony also. Let me drop that one. I'd ride that still, unless it was wet. <laughs> Just squelching. If it was like glistening, yeah. Anyhow, fleshhorse.com now forwards to Nerdoplexy. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so make sure you tell people to check us out at Fleshhorse. Fleshhorse.com. Nerdoplexy uh, or Fleshhorse. <laughs> Fleshhorse. <laughs> well, at least we got the brand. Yeah. Wheezy F baby and the F is for Fleshhorse. <laughs> well, speaking of things coming out, Richie Rich, it's his coming out day of the coming out of the womb. Richie's born and almost immediately is assigned for life 
his valet, his personal manservant, Cadbury. Herbert, he's not a spice. We see um, you know, a little growing up montage, Richie driving around, smashing up the house, that kind of bullshit. But then Richie is fascinated with baseball. He becomes a little baseball boy, and we get the first of many cameos. Reggie Jackson is his baseball coach or tutor. Who was the pitcher? I think just a man. He ain't hitting off a 90s Yankee. I'm just saying. I think he probably is if they're paying that dude a lot of money to pitch right down the pipe. That's true. Macaulay Culkin actually was the richest kid in the world at this point. Yeah, but his parents took all of that. Oh, so it's like a double whammy. He's playing the rich kid and he is the rich kid. I'm pretty sure that's what got it greenlit was like, we got Macaulay Culkin on. The richest boy to be the richest boy. This kicked off Macaulay Culkin's nine-year hiatus from films. Oh, did it? Yeah. So, yeah, he's playing baseball with Reggie Jackson. There's, like, chefs and maids that are playing the field, like, in full chef gear. That's what I love about this whole movie. They just get roped into all this stuff. But this movie, now, it's not quite to the extent. This movie has a little touch, a little tiny sprinkling of that Paddington magic. Because, like you say, all the people are there. At no point during this movie is Richie a little stinker. Everybody's just like happy. He's very kind and nice to everyone. He says hello. He knows everybody's name. These are his friends. Gustav the chef isn't the help to Richie. He's Uncle Gustav, basically. Keen being an R&D isn't just a guy who works in research and development. He's his science teacher. Richard Rich has never fired a man. You know, that kind of stuff. The whole like comic thing is Richie Rich is just a super rich kid who in his travels just tries to make everything better with his money which is cool i guess and then we see that with richie and his dad buy a factory and richie goes in his dad's place to the ribbon cutting ceremony sadly finds out that the only thing money can't buy is poverty yes (laughs) the first time he ever sees actual real human children i guess and they're playing baseball and they kind of don't give a shit. And then he flies away sadly in his helicopter, which, like you said about the comic, his kind of subtitle, you know, like Man of Steel, Richie Rich was poor little rich kid. It's like, oh, he's got everything, but he done gotten friends. Poor little rich kid. But he gets in his private helicopter and flies away. Sleeps on a literal bed of money in the comics per Sam's background. <laughs> so Richie flies home. We get to see the rest of the crew, basically. We get introduced to Dollar the dog, who's a dog with little dollar signs on him. Professor Keen Bean, Mrs. Rich, she's pretty nice. And the one lady who's using a laser beam to carve their faces into a fucking mountain. Mount Richmore, of course. Excuse me, yes, honestly. His cheeks were too puffy. Yes, they fixed that. Yeah, they gave him a little liposuction. They know their business. Professor Keen Bean, as mentioned, he's the crazy inventor that lives in their basement complex i guess in this mansion uh and he comes up with all kind of crazy inventions which if we could go through a a couple of those he's got the same delivery method even i don't know if you guys noticed this the blank man juice that makes your clothes bulletproof Mm -hmm. i think he stole the patent very well may be because he also has a robotic bee yeah well you know that um blank man wasn't doing any of that for money fully philanthropic so I'm sure he was probably open source or whatever. I think Keen Bean stole some of his technology or at least adapted. I'm saying there's a shared universe here. And what are we looking at here, Sam? <laughs> it's Richie Rich. I think he's he's giving a diamond to a stripper. <laughs> hey, where is he putting he's, that? He's a kind man. I mean, do you think the stripper cares? <laughs> They're no. all about charity. Rock that big. So yeah, Mount Richmore is a little Mount Rushmore with the riches faces on it. We've got the Keen Bean, uh, Cementia. Cementia, yes. I like the Cementia. And the old guy who got stuck to the Cementia and he was just like, help me, help me, help me. That was like the mood for me in this movie. I just like somebody pull me out of this one. Dave, I'm sensing some real sourpuss energy here. Yeah, it's there. It's strong on this one. When it opened up and you guys were like, you know, it's kind of good. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, it's enjoyable as like a... I think it's pretty good. It's full of mirth. It's bad. It's a movie. There's no dearth of mirth. It is a solid movie. We were talking earlier, Dave, and you skipped some of the movies that we experienced that made you question, what is a movie? What is enjoyment? That's a fair point. (laughs) What is my own consciousness? 
some were not even functionally movies. This that's fair is a functionally very impressive movie. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, so it's a movie. Did not enjoy this one. Dave, you said your piece. Save it for the end. <laughs> fair enough. I think that Richie Rich Sr. has a cute butt. You also have a cute butt. And $60 billion. I like the line from Cadbury. Indeed, sir. Madam admires your butt. I'm most delighted for you. Cadbury? See, I can't understand how... Yeah, he's the best. There are so many good lines. Now, this movie overall, I will kind of agree with you, Dave. I don't think it's a very good movie. It's just kind of nothing. But there are moments that absolutely shine. Cadbury pretty much all the time. And Professor Keen Bean does some shit that is pure comedy. Like, I would go so far as to say comedic genius. There's a moment where Keen Bean scarfs a cream puff that I did a, a full spit take in my own ass home. <laughs> I spit tea into the air like a fucking breaching orca and just blasted that stuff. <laughs> he has maybe four or five amazing moments just like that. The cream puff being one of them. And we'll, I've got them all written down and we will get to them. Of course. What I like about Keen Bean is he's created the electronic bee long before the Black Mirror episode. <laughs> the progenitor of the end of the world. <laughs> he also he also designed a computer, a talking computer with his own face as the avatar, which I really enjoyed. The dad computer. The dad computer. Wouldn't it make more sense to look like the dad? Yeah, it would make a lot more sense. I thought they were making fun of the dad, making him look fatter. But no, yeah, it was just Keen Bean. That being said, loved it. So yeah, you go through all of the, like the professor's like bullshit inventions that will later be used in the third act. It's like Q stuff. So this is style kind of like a, a bond where you go and you get all the parts. Because then we also f see the villain, John Lennarkett playing Van Doe, who is ADA Dan Fielding from the vest. Oh, yeah, Night Court. <laughs> what I like about this movie is there's a lot of subtly good screenwriting. Mm -hmm. So John Larroquette's first order of business yes. is that he fires his chauffeur because his chauffeur parks in a puddle. So you have now, after having seen the whole movie, you can, you can now consider that that's the first note of a stark difference even though you can easily detect it but a stark difference between him and Richie Rich Sr. Richie Rich Sr. who has never fired anyone his entire life and within a millisecond of meeting John Larroquette's character he has already fired his chauffeur. It's all very clean. There's no waste. I mean this one clocks in at like an hour 30 with credits so this is just a ride. And in the comics the Van Does are the in-laws for Richie Rich Sr. So his wife is a Van Doe. Aha. As you'd mentioned, there's like bad guy Van Doe's who treat the help as if they're peasants or whatever. The foil character for Richie Rich is his cousin who's always playing pranks and treats the help poorly. The goofus to his gallant. Exactly. Well, here, yeah, it's definitely Van Doe. He's scheming right away. And it seems that he is in cahoots with the uh, head security guard. Van Doe's like all fed up with uh, the altruism and all the charities. And he is big time trying to get in the rich family vault. Then we get a little slice of life. We get a taste of Richie Rich's daily life. Wakes up. The Cadbury cuckoo clock I thought was brilliant. The double action Cadbury cuckoo clock. 10 out of 10. Love the clock. Comes back with a little horn. What I didn't love is the next cameo where Claudia Schiffer is Richie's personal trainer. That was bad. Yikes. Cadbury is real horny. Yeah. Uh, so they've decided so fast that... Cadbury, not Arnold. Arnold's history, <laughs> sir. He's done. He's out of here. That was fine. What I didn't like is, like, she, like, bends over and they both collectively, like, look at her butt and like, ah. A little miss there, but it's 1994. I'll give it to you. Well, I won't give it to you, but I won't hold it too far against you. He'll give it to you, but with your consent. It was a thanks I hate it scene. There's like a couple of other things that are a little off beat in this movie, but I think that is pretty much as worse as it gets. At least it wasn't just that, and they had a very good joke. The Arnold joke, for me, that kind of makes the whole gag worth it, just because that is like such a good joke. So it's not just like, oh, look at her, she's hot. It was also, look at her, she's hot, and here's a funny joke. And it wasn't at her expense. Yeah. 
it's not as joke dense as say an Adams family, but it's fairly joke dense. Richie Rich has to call on a cell phone to the end of the table because the table's so big. And <laughs> and the paper boy is like exhausted by the time he gets the paper to the front door of the mansion because he has to take like the three mile ride. And then there's like the dollar mation, the dollar spotted dog. And I get that that was in the comic, but they just drew on that dog with some marker for sure. They did have to paint that dog. <laughs> Only one dog was harmed in the filming of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we get our uh, Chekhov smellerizer. Professor Keenbean brings it in and it can, t- it can tell that the dog has been eating calf's liver. Which is very accurate. Yeah. Richie Rich, the only time he ever gets to spend with his dad is via um, FaceTime. He FaceTimes his dad. So quite predictive. Pretty good. He also has got Life mm-hmm. 360 mm-hmm. on there. So also pretty predictive. Pretty good. But the dad link computer with uh, Keen Bean's face on it will always let him know where he is, even if he's in the Oval Office. Yeah, the president needs a loan. What country? I like that joke. This one, sir. Yeah, and then we see Richie Rich heads off to fucking baby boss school. What is this? The first bit of that I thought was really good. They're passing notes via fax. (laughs) And then before the teacher, or before the teacher, Ben Stein, I should say, can catch that note, they run it through a paper shredder, which I thought was funny, too. The shredder bit's really good. I really like that recurring character. I think he's up there with multiple appearances. Yeah. This is like the fourth time we've seen Ben Stein. He's like a regular Sab Shimono now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's up there. And who doesn't love to hear kids talking about sophisticated big boy stuff? It's I mean, very good. It is funny. All the kid actors here, I think, are purporting themselves very well. All the poor kids, all the rich kids, none of them were like weird. The only one that was almost a little bit close was the heel kid of the rich kids. That's probably supposed to be like his cousin character. That Richie Rich does poke directly in his butthole with that with that foil. <laughs> well, see, there you go. There's some there's some meta screenwriting, right? He's the foil to Richie Rich. Is he's the hole in his butt, and he pokes him with an actual foil. I'm just glad there's no squelching sound. And the Nerdoplexy universe continues. This is the third butthole stabbing. Yes, canonical butthole stabbing in an episode. The first underage. <laughs> No, Dennis was way younger than Richie. Yeah, but he didn't get stabbed in the butt. He did the butt stabbage. <laughs> yeah, he's the offender, the perpetrator. The youngest butt to be stabbed, and hopefully the, the youngest butt that will ever be stabbed on this podcast. Yeah, this is... <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that record doesn't get broken soon. I did like the one kid said that he couldn't hang out with Richie Rich because he... I promised my dad I'd go to Tokyo with him for a hostile takeover. Just kids saying big boy stuff. It's funny. It's very good. It always works. Little Rascal style. It's always good. In that vein, none of his friends want to hang out with him. They're all too busy. So he decides to go slumming and hang out with the pores. And there's... <laughs> Play a little side... Alley baseball. Yeah, a little dirt, a little sandlot kind of scrappy baseball. And he makes a bet. All the kids kind of razz him because he's he pulls up in a lemon. He's wearing like a fucking tuxedo. A three-piece suit, excuse me. Can you shit together, lemon? They bet him that he can't hit off of Gloria. And then they bet the $10. And yeah, he fucking, he, he gets it. Which is a little unfair because he's been taught by like professional baseball players. His victory, to me, rang, rang somewhat hollow. And it was a Pyrrhic victory, because he did hit quite the dinger, but did not win friends for it. He wins, but he loses. It doesn't take very long. There's some scheming going on with the security guard and Vando. There's a trip to London coming up, and fucking Richard Rich and Mrs. Rich are going to fly the plane, a biplane, fucking Amelia Earhart-ass plane. They're going to fly to London to meet with the Queen. But at the last moment, Cadbury sees how bummed out Richie's been, that he doesn't have any friends, and convinces them to let Richie stay home and hang out with the poor kids instead of flying to London. They cut over to Richie at his house, and Cadbury was like, I brought some entertainment. And he... I'm really not in the mood for the Vienna Boys Choir today, Cadbury. Oh, sadly, the choir was unavailable, sir. And then he has the little rascals. Yes themselves in the roles yes all the poor kids this is where as reed said we get our sights set on some sweet toys richie rich got a kidapult a roly coaster some atvs quad tag extremely unsafe i don't know how that game would go 
they play quad tag. Yeah. And they ride their quads directly into the one girl's mom and Cadbury. But Cadbury's smooth. And boner joke alert. Uh-oh. Boner alert. They're, they're talking about star signs. <laughs> and as they're up against each other, she says, Do I detect a rising fire sign, Herbert? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cadbury's not having it. That's not. It's not even <laughs> remotely subtle. It's gonna mess with my boy's confidence. He's gonna think about. He's gonna wake up in a cold sweat later that night. Think about that shit. I really like their interaction with the mom and Cadbury, whose name is Herbert. Herb. No, it's Herbert. I'm not a seasoning. <laughs> which is pretty cold. I love that. I'm not a seasoning. That's good. The kidapult, which is exactly what you think. It's a pneumatic kid launcher. That throws some. Was it was it full ass adults that were landing on that pad? There was one moment where I saw one of the kids landed, and it was in fact him. But mm-hmm. not convinced that it was always a kid. I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna go out on record there, and say there's zero percent chance right. there was a kid launched on the catapult that day. Well, not launched, but <laughs> dropped onto that air mat. Is yeah. what I'm saying. Jumping off oh, that good, fucking yeah. crane or whatever. Pee wee. They do my man Pee-wee dirty the whole fucking movie. Oh, man. He actually makes that jump. They do him so dirty, like Swamp Thing Kid, and like yeah. make him eat a whole bunch of stuff. My man's not yeah. even like fat. He's just... No, nah, he's husky at best. Isn't husky just how department stores have gotten around calling kids fat? Bringing up food. <laughs> he's got broad shoulders. And he has food in his hands <laughs> in every single scene. Even on the kidapult, he's holding a bag of ruffles. They're going to go on the roller coaster, and uh, he says, I just ate. You always just ate. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty rough, dude. Dude, fuck that kid. That kid sucks. We come to find out here that... They don't let him ride the roller coaster either. He's not on there. So There's five kids, and the only four of them... (laughs) Well, he just ate. Maybe that's why they're like, the roller coaster's like a four. There's five. One of them can't ride. It looks stupid if four are up front, one's in the back. Yeah, so we better shame this kid into not riding. So Vando's got murder on the mind. Uh, we know that they put TNT on the biplane. We find that out because Richie Rich Sr. has a little bit of a sweet tooth, claims he's on a diet, but really know he's looking for the chocolate that they were going to give to the queen. Looking for the queen's chocolates. Man, she's getting a whole ton of shit. I won't feel bad about it. He uses the smell master and he finds TNT. Smell master, that's much better. And that's what it's called. That's what they say. And that's what the brand is. It's Smellerizer. He calls it the Smell Master. And I don't I don't know. I could swear he said Smell Master because I wouldn't have wrote that down. I wrote why would I write down Smellerizer? That's I a think that name. was your I would think that was your own IP. <laughs> <laughs> no Smellerizer.com. Is it available? <laughs> smell, smell master check but out fleshhorse.com we're selling <laughs> we're selling domains we got all of them smell um, arise we'll name your product I wasn't gonna pass up flesh horse I don't care what anyone says <laughs> but speaking of great cuts they throw the TNT out of the plane window and it still blasts the tail oh my god so they're going down they're screaming juxtaposed to the roller coaster screams of the kids which I thought was cool and also, was anyone off-put by the fact that uh, Edward Herman is the voice of all, like, Civil War documentaries? Like, every History Channel documentary was this man. Was that fucking with anybody else? Hello, I'm Edward Herman, and I hope you're enjoying the History Channel's special presentation, The American Revolution, on A&E. I can only think of two things that he's done, and it's this and the dad on Gilmore Girls, who's also very rich. Oh, yes, you're right. Isn't he the head vampire in Lost Boys 2? Yes. Lost Boys 1, not Lost Boys 2. He Sorry. does a lot of History Channel voiceover work as well. Yeah. He used to. Uh, He's dead. Is he dead? <laughs> <laughs> Death Watch! Pew! Oh, wait, that's an actual thing. Never mind. Isn't that, isn't that a superhero group, the Death Watch? Uh, probably. It sounds like one. It sounds right. That sounds like a 90s one with, like, pouches. Yeah. All right, so, but they're not dead. They they made it. Oh, but, yes, the whole exchange, and she says, I'll throw it out. It's fucking great. I have a tag. You know what it is? No, I don't. Well, the smellmaster says it's trinitrotoluene, and if my memory serves me right, trinitrotoluene is the proper name for... 
TNT! Good God, Regina, it's a bomb. Get rid of it! That's stupid. <laughs> she has a lot of good reactions in this. Everyone's really bringing it. It's that... a boring movie, but everyone's doing really well. I think so. Overall, like, I agree with you, Dave. Like, this is a boring movie. Of course. That's what makes me so angry. There's things that are good in it. The bomb blows up. They go missing, but they're not actually missing. They get the the, the news. Uh, the Cadbury bribing the kids, that never really comes back. Set up and released. I guess so, but it's sort of just there so you realize that, okay, yeah, maybe their intention was to get 100 bucks, but by the time they left... They didn't care for the money. That's his way of finding out that they actually like him. Those kids have bad parents. This British dude in a Rolls is like... Uh, Gloria, especially, yeah. They don't know this guy. He's like, come over and hang out with my surrogate son. They do know this guy, though, Dave. I disagree. Yeah, he was there. He was at the thing. Cadbury, Richie Rich, that's like the whole half of the point of the movie is they reopen this factory that gives all of their parents jobs. I think they know this guy. That's true. Cadbury was just standing there, though. He wasn't, like, saying anything. They follow the news. They know Cadbury. And he probably says, like, I am Richie Rich's butler, and Richie Rich Jr. He was there. Yeah, they also yeah. met Cadbury. But, I mean, he's still a stranger asking to get in their car for 100 bucks. To go, like, like, chill at at the theme park. To do the coolest thing ever. That is at this house. I mean, historically, and unfortunately... Parents are fine with letting their kids go hang out at millionaires' theme parks. Even Macaulay Culkin. That's true. <laughs> spent some time at a millionaire's. That's a good point. Yeah, and they even make a Michael Jackson joke later. They do indeed. Which I thought, I thought Macaulay Culkin probably wasn't a fan of that. They do. That was a little bit. I bet he was wish, hoping that would get on the cutting room floor. So... The kids leave. The lady says it's been a slice. I like that. Been a slice. The exchange about the bribe gets interrupted because they find out they're messing. And immediately, Richie Rich runs to his dad locator. Best audio clip. And the most killer clip, which I think you could probably make into a pretty good song. Dad not found. It happens like four or five times, so there's enough. Uh, Dad not found. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's enough juice there. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's a great clip. And um, what I think is funny here, and it's kind of subtle, is Richie Rich is saying, like, I know they're alive, Cadbury. I know they're fine. And he's like, Wherever they are, Master Richie, I'm sure they're together and happy. Trying to say, like, your parents are in heaven, bro. <laughs> 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 uh, followed immediately by Van Doe. He sees his chance to take over the boardroom. Probably the funniest bit in the movie, like actual, in my eyes. Before we begin, I would like us to observe a moment of silence on the tragic passing of Mr. and Mrs. Rich. Now, first order of business. And the moment of silence is literally a split second, and he's like, all right, down to business. <laughs> John Larroquette is really doing it, this role justice. He's really... This kind of scummy businessman role is like he's born to play, and he's just like reveling. He just has that face. He's doing such a good job. Much to his chagrin, though, the Kalk is in, and Richie, <laughs> Rich, and Richie Rich is on the case. Fucking loco parentis, he's in there. Lee Iacocca goes on hold, and Richie Rich <laughs> is actually doing some pretty good business. And he gets on people's sexiest man alive. I did not like that. I didn't like sexiest man alive. Really upsetting. Very bad. Under the header of, who's that blonde? Mystery woman does Mardi Gras. I was loving the magazine montage. I, I love a montage in a spinning magazine. That's like the best of the best. And then they ruined it with sexiest man alive. Under sexiest man alive, it says, strong, sensitive, and squared away at last. He's a man's man that women, and I think it says, like, that women want. That's horrifying. Yeah, it's all bad. Based on blank check, the movie, that's accurate. Call me in about ten years. (laughs) What? She's terrible. (laughs) It's so fucking strange. It's real bad, man. It's real bad. That was like an era, and maybe even still kind of to an extent. You do a gender reverse of that particular scene, <laughs> and that could never have been in a movie. No, no way. No. 
Never. <laughs> Vando hatches a scheme to retake over the company by framing Cadbury for blowing up the rich parents. I'm shocked that they wouldn't have documents in place and someone other than Van Doe to then take over guardianship. It was just Cadbury and that's it. I guess I don't know. You'd think it would they would have some kind of a thing in place like Cadbury, then Keen Bean, then like this chef, <laughs> then an order of succession, yes, yeah, so like Gustav is next, the driver, then the dollar. We find out Keen Bean is listening into the scheme, and because uh, he's got a listening device, because of course he does. The dude's got it all. <laughs> he has a hearing aid. Keen Bean is in on the scheme, so he knows they're gonna kill Cadbury. But don't worry, Keen Bean's got a corrosive juice just for that. <laughs> that doesn't corrode the toothpaste tube, thankfully. Well, yeah, I mean it doesn't corrode the beaker either. I mean, I'm sure he's got some stuff figured out for containment. But they'll just give anything to inmates, I guess. Oh, what I like, okay, I wrote here, and I wrote Cadbury plays some gin with a rummy, which I thought was a good pun. That was nice. They let them into the bathroom, and the guard says something very notable here, I think, and I think you'll agree with me. He says, All right, you got 10 minutes to do whatever. Get to it. Do whatever. He walks away. (laughs) Turns out he means it, because they do do whatever. They do do whatever. Bow, wow. A little fight montage breaks out here. And actually, the mirror fight, that's pretty good action mm-hmm. storytelling. I don't hate that. That yeah. was a pretty good action scene. Well, when he does do the escape, he's wearing the leather guy's clothes and they fit him snug like they fit that big guy before. It makes me so mad in every movie. Oh, it's That is quite a fit for Cadbury. What a fucking granular life you live, my man. I hate it. It looks good on him is what it does. <laughs> it does. What I thought was interesting is that there is a Latin word for toothpaste that Cadbury was able to read on that card. Pastum dentata. <laughs> <laughs> There's that horror movie Teeth that has that pastum dentata. <laughs> I think that's what Willy Wonka says whenever he's reading the Latin off to Charlie. <laughs> Wrong, sir. Wrong. Under section 37B of the contract signed by him, it states quite clearly that all offers shall become null and void if, and you can read it for yourself in this photostatic copy, I, the undersigned, shall forfeit all rights, privileges, and licenses herein and herein contained, etc., etc., fax mentis incendium gloria culpum, etc., etc., memo bis punitor delicatum. Vagina dentata. Vagina? You lose. So you get nothing. Good day, sir. So yeah, Cadbury whoops that dude's ass and strips him naked, which is not something I remembered happening in the movie and not something I expected to happen. He keeps his own underwear, so the guy's still wearing his undies, I assume. They make sure to tell you that, because they're like, people are going to be worried that Cadbury took this dude's gachis off. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be really worried that this guy's stark. In such a like a narratively clean movie, they do <laughs> they do stop and take a beat to be like they're like, but it to is mine. Be clear, I did <laughs> not. I did not see his penis. I did not unveil his penis. <laughs> they don't. They his penis don't say has that. not been where my penis has been. <laughs> they don't say that he didn't see his penis and he that he didn't unveil his penis. They don't specifically say that. He said that he that is, is wearing true. his own boxers. That doesn't mean he didn't get that guy all the way to the nude. Or could be... Could, <laughs> so you're going to kill me. Could it be... I didn't see that guy wearing a bandana. I don't know. Could it be that he didn't have any underwear on, and that's why Cadbury <laughs> is having to wear his own and is happy that he has his own? Well, I mean, that's a solid point. I mean, these are all questions. And I'm hoping that we'll be able to get to that with the film's director... Uh, and he's calling in now. Dead. Done. Found. Whenever he came out in that dude's gear, I wrote, I would cream Cadbury's egg, if you know what I mean. Oh, Mystic Pizza. That's who he did uh, Mystic Pizza, Grumpy Old Men, Miscongeniality. I read that this is why John Larroquette took it, is because it was coming off of Grumpy Old Men, which was extremely popular. And he was like, it's probably a good move for me. There you go. Richie Rich. Turner and Hooch. Richie Rich. Yeah, there's congeniality. Pretty good. Got a hit rate. 
Oh, fuck. He did Little Italy. Little Italy. I don't know that one. <laughs> it's uh, got Hayden Christensen and Emma Roberts. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sam, five bucks a month. That's all it takes. They are competing pizza shops in Little Italy of Toronto. Their families own competing pizza shops. And they clash. And then next thing you know, next thing you know, fellas, one rain-soaked soccer game later. <laughs> they're in love. I can't tell if you're serious. <laughs> I'm dead <laughs> fucking serious. This is a real thing. <laughs> they play soccer in the rain in Toronto. It was like fucking 40 degrees outside, and they're playing in the rain like it's a summer. Oh, I'm sure that's great. It's a large portion of the movie. Needless to say, Hayden Christensen never promises that by the end that he's wearing his own underwear. I don't think that man starts the day in the same underwear he ends it in. That's for sure. He's a farmer. He's had to have a couple of changes. <laughs> <laughs> he sprays sweats a lot. That's what he's been doing. He just he, he takes his undies where he can get them. That's legit. He's been a farmer for the last 10 years. Sorry, Hayden. Sorry, I know you're a listener. We're just joking. I mean, honestly, I'm not really, I'm not very sorry because you do got that prequel money and you could be subscribed right now. I mean, it's true. I imagine he could he could have a hefty subscription, a life changing subscription. <laughs> you keep sending us to fan mail, and you, I, yeah, no shit. <laughs> we don't need thousands of listeners. We just need one very rich listener. We need we need a Richie Rich who is willing to fund us. What, I, we need a Richie Rich who wants to come play baseball with us. That's what we need. I'll play baseball with anybody who pays me to. <laughs> I mean, we don't need to play baseball per se, but, but I mean, I will. Yeah, that sounds like great fun. If you're paying me, you have to pay me. <laughs> I've never just played baseball. <laughs> so Cadbury escapes. He's got the super acid. They get out. It's fine. They head to Gloria's house because we know earlier that she the only way she talks to her dad is through email. So she's got a computer. 28.8 kilobit per second modem. And I thought this was very similar to a kind of plot point in Stranger Things, the latest season of Stranger Things. It's almost identical. They go to, like, a girl's house and use her because she has a computer, and she, like, hacks the fucking Matrix, and then they get the info. In this case, Richie hacks the Matrix. A lot of stuff tightly tied to our last mini-episode. Hayden Christensen, Stranger Things. Well, Stranger Things is just fresh on the brain, you know? It's here. It's in the zeitgeist. Speaking of Hayden Christensen, though... I've been singing that song all week. Speaking of Hayden Christensen... Run up that hill. <laughs> yeah, same. Speaking of... Run up that Speaking of Hayden Christensen and email in the same sentence, I think one of the good plot points of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show is that uh, Jedi Knights are allowed to use email as long as there's no attachments. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. Dad, found. I just don't know the Jedi rules. They're monks. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Dad, found. <laughs> <laughs> That's some real Sith behavior there, Dave. She puts uh, what has to be, like, in today's money, a $20 steak on Cadbury's face for his bruise. <laughs> That's a full T-bone, baby. Yeah. yeah, it looked nice. The factory got shut down. They don't have money for that. She hit him hard with that thing, too. Their chemistry is really good. I do enjoy it. Eventually, they find the coordinates, but just at the last second, the goons at the pad pull the plug so they can't find the coordinates. They know they're alive, though, so they decide to break in to the rich mansion. Now we've got to use all the tools that we've used so far to do the infiltration. Instead of launching children, in this instance, they launch bags of poop. Manure. Yep. Which he, is good. He called the shit poop. Don't put it out with your boots, Ted. Don't tell me my <laughs> business, devil woman. That's <laughs> <laughs> that poop again. So yeah, they throw poop in the kidapult and they try to hit a Twinkie-eating security guard. Well, and yeah, yet again, here he's being punished because he likes a Twinkie. There's a lot of fat jamming in the 90s. Yeah, well, then, then they make Pee Wee pick up the, the Twinkie, and then eventually that guy with his poop hands eats a Twinkie, which is pretty busted, but... Does anyone else think it's strange that the security guards guarding a child are strapped with fucking Uzi? I was just going to say, the menorah guard yeah. points Uzi at kids is one of my notes. You're just relishing the idea of blasting <laughs> these kids. Oh, I have written Dookie Uzi. That makes me laugh. 
Now, there was a fat joke with the Twinkies, and then there's another fat joke with Keen Bean, but I think it's incredible. This is probably my second... Well, maybe this might be my favorite little uh, moment in the movie, my favorite Keen Bean, where John Larroquette's character has at some point taken a bite out of sandwich and set it on Keen Bean as he's tied into a chair. And he's been trying he's been trying to take a bite in in his boredom and hunger as Richie rescues him and runs over and starts untying him and the first thing Richie does is grab the sandwich and throw it away. And <laughs> Keen Bean yells, Sandwich no <laughs> Anything but the sandwich. It's such a good little beat. Oh, we didn't mention at the McDonald's, Keen Bean comes out strapped with like eight Big Mac meals. And he's like, doing an analysis of the uh, secret sauce. Leave me alone. <laughs> Basically, just got a gang of Big Macs. <laughs> it was like stacked four or five high over the whole tray. I love that. Very good. So Keen Bean's on the list uh, again. So he's he's helping out. He's got some more crazy inventions. This time he invents Sudsational, which is like... Little kid bathtub potion, basically. That was probably marketed and sold like Richie Rich Sensational bath soap. All those tie-ins. But the idea is it's so powerful, he just puts one drop in the pipe and the whole fountain is... They stuff all the children in the bedpan-making machine. And it's uh, it's up to Keen Bean to save the day with all of his gadgets. Cementia, his Robo-Bee, all that stuff. He does it. One little uh, set dressing detail I did like on the big wall of Cementia where the hapless scientist was trapped. You do see that his, they had to cut him out of his coat and his hair was stuck on the wall as well. His hair piece was still there. Very good. Lots of fun. Enjoyed it very much. Luckily, no skin stuck to that Cementia because that would have been rough to see. The bee actually saves the day too. It has a real personality. A little CG scamp. That bee's got a little wiggle. I love that era CG where they're like, you know what we can do really well? Gold metal. We can make that look so fucking good. And that's it. That's all we can do. Don't ask us for shit. Can it be gold metal? Yeah, we got you. For sure. Uh, Vando has been obsessed with getting into the rich vault because he's convinced that there's money there. And the whole time, you know it's not. It's going to be like the family photo albums. And that's exactly what it is. But... Did you guys uh, catch a glimpse of the bike? Did that, uh... Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was a Pee-wee's bike. I'm almost 100% sure. Really? As soon as yeah. they walk in the vault, it's like right to the left. I'm almost positive that that's Pee-wee's bike. I don't know if it's kitted out or if it's just the exact same model, but um, my first thought was Pee-wee. Well, Richie is um, there to rescue his parents yet again, and he's doused himself in some of the... Blank man goop. I was waiting for a bad guy to go, shoot him in the head. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> Van Doe, Stone Cold, blasts Richie. And he says, well, I guess you have to get me. He's like, fine, I will. I will do it. Blast. He's like, I don't want to, but I'm going to. And he blasts him solid. No remorse, no hesitation. A couple of times. Very good. Very good moment. But they get out. There's the whole... Mount Rushmore set piece and they're firing the laser and uh, Cadbury's fighting the other the security guard with like a croquet set and a spatula. And that's pretty much it. That's kind of the end of the movie. The, the set piece is over. Jen Larroquette gets knocked out. Other bad guy gets knocked out. They go to prison and then come right back to the uh, rich estate to work as gardeners, I guess. They do make that Michael Jackson joke where while they're on Mount Richmore, they blast the mom's nose off and she's like, Oh my God, my nose! I look like Michael Jackson! And I think because Macaulay Culkin and MJ were buds, that seems pretty rude, assuming there wasn't foul play. Yeah. Speaking of baseball. Baseball. Oh, foul well. play. <laughs> Okay, you got me. You got me. Let's go on. Come on. I'll take it. All right, so yeah, baseball finale. Yeah, Richie's got pals now. Everybody's playing ball. (laughs) But one of the Mrs. Rich's final lines is, Now our son really is the richest boy in the world. He has friends. Cadbury gets to uh, make out with Gloria's mom. Oh, yeah. CG vault closes. That's it. Ka-chunk. Credits. End of movie. Well, uh, that may be the 
the beginning and end of the cinematic Richieverse, but there's more than one way to tell a story about the poor little rich kid. It's time for the comic convergence. First released in Little Dot Number One. That was released September 1953. Uh, Richie Rich. It was a character in the Harvey Comics universe, and he goes on little adventures, has altruistic moments. There's a couple of different characters that we've kind of gone over that Van Doe's and things like that. It's had a couple of different publishing runs, but for the most part, it is the Richie Rich you basically know in this movie here, you know, with some added things. With the comic, there was also more than a few animated series, one in the 80s, uh, one in the 90s, and there was a show that they tried to get started on, I want to say Netflix, and I think there was one episode or a couple of episodes, and it didn't quite go anywhere, but... There is a sequel movie. Oh, there is? Takes place, I think. Eight years into the future, yeah. A sequel to Richie Rich, the movie? It's direct video sequels, Richie Rich's Christmas Wish. The cast completely different. Of course. As you do for the direct to video Christmas special. Christmas movie. Well, yeah, that doesn't sound all that great. Well, it's made for TV, so we don't have to watch it. Oh, well. But it's 1998. We could do a live one for Christmas again. This oh year. boy! Any we could. There's a, so many other <laughs> things that we could do other than that. <laughs> there's a million billion of them, like the Star Wars Christmas one. Well, Dave, I think the uh, critics agreed with your opinion of this movie. It got a 26 percent on the tomato meter. Audience score not much better at a 32%. Fiscally, I guess it didn't do great because it didn't make back its budget. It estimated 40, opened with a 5.8, and grossed 38. So, and those budgets are estimated. I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure how accurate the IMDb budget numbers on that might be like adjusted for inflation or something. But even so, not a big hit. Not well remembered, as and then Sam said. Kicked off a a long hiatus for uh, M. Culkin. They did not hit a touchdown with this one. No, they did not hit a touchdown. Do you know what his first movie back was, Sam? Was it that one with Mandy Moore where he plays a guy in a Jesus Camp. Yeah, uh, that one. Saved, exclamation point, 2004. Yeah, saved. That's the one I was thinking He was in a, a lot in 94. Page Master, getting even with Dad. Oh, Page Master. I feel like Pagemaster is pretty dope. Is there a comic of that? It's 1994. It is a good movie. I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, I like that one. I know that it exists, and I played the video game, but I don't think I ever uh, watched the movie in full. No, we're off the hook. There's no Pagemaster comic. Yes, yeah, Saved 2004 would be your next one. There you go. I saw that in theaters, too. He's been in a couple of pretty cool, I think, uh, oh, he's in American Horror Story 2001. Pretty yeah. good. Into that. Rory Culkin is also in this movie. He plays like a younger Richie Rich. Oh, I was wondering about that. I didn't know they did that. That's super cool. That's interesting because I was thinking like for a second, my my mind immediately went to de-aged. Yeah. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. just found a kid that looks just like him. (laughs) Yeah, he's a little bro. Yeah, so not a big hit with really anybody. So it's kind of its own villain, which I think, I don't know, I think it was unfairly maligned. For like a kid's movie, maybe just the McCulkiness was just too much. Like you said, he's just everywhere all the time for a long time. Since Home Alone, he's just in every movie. So maybe the guilt has come off the rose, is that the term? At this point, that being said... I don't have a porn parody for this movie. Oh boy. But you said Home Alone and it made me think, Uh uh-oh, good porn parody for that would be Ho Malone. I wonder if that's something. Home Alone. Home Alone. Home. Post Malone's new album. There is a picture of of Post Malone. Oh, Home Alone. Yeah, I see Home Alone. Uh, Yep, 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 yep. I'm not the first person to think (laughs) of that. (laughs) Pretty much just what you expect. It's sitting all over the internet. All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you can tell it's getting to be a late night record, so I think it's about time <laughs> in the episode that we decide um, who, what were the things that we enjoyed. And disenjoyed. And what were the things we enjoyed not enjoying? And what were the things we didn't enjoy not enjoying? And all of the not things that we didn't enjoy. Or the things we didn't enjoy enjoying. Oh, good point. The things we enjoyed not enjoying. I did not like that I enjoyed that. <laughs> it's who's your hero? Who's your villain? My hero's My Cadbury. Cadbury. I got it first. I don't think so. I definitely did. I don't think so. You're on a delay. You seem a delay as well. All right, read tiebreaker. I did hear, if we're going by f- the rule of first sees, Sam was first on my on my ears. All right, Cadbury's the shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's baller. Yeah, he does everything good. Literally every <laughs> single line he has is like awesome. And I just, I would like to listen to, what's the guy's name? Jonathan Hyde. I would like to hear Jonathan Hyde. He should be doing audiobooks. He's all over voiceover. Yeah. He's he's done a, yeah. good, a goodly amount. He super deserves that because he has a great sound. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, speaking of voice actors, the 90s, the 80s uh, Richie Rich show is absolutely fucking stacked. Welker's in that. Nancy Cartwright's in that. It's just like all the big names in like uh, cartoons are in the Richie Rich show. So that's all I wanted to say about that. Dave, who's uh, who's your hero? Because I've got I've got some options. I'm gonna go Keen Bean on this one. He takes down a military trained security guard with glue and a towel, and I really <laughs> like that. I think he's pretty great. Yeah, I like that that he suffocated that man. <laughs> death. He did. <laughs> <laughs> he said that man. He did a murder. It. Yeah. Well, to be fair, that man also was trying to murder. Like 12 kids. Oh, he's a bad man. So. He's a bad guy. So, you know. He deserved to be suffocated to death. I did like that the towels were stuck to his face for the rest of the movie. Pretty good. It was a good thing. My hero is going to be Mrs. Rich because her reactions, she only has a few scenes, but the moments when she gets to shine are some of the best. When she's talking with the statue carving lady and they're speaking in French that's very good when she's in the boat all of her like reactions the plane oh just perfect um I think she is just like delivering these lines to a T and everybody did great so that was tough to pick uh just one because I think all of the uh, actors a lot of times we say only one person knows what kind of movie they're in Everybody here is pitch perfect. They all know. Everybody's on board 100%. And uh, I'm for it. So for villain, I'll I'll let you guys off easy. And I'm going to pick the security guards, like the whole security force, whoever all those guys mm-hmm. are, because th- they had multiple assault weapons to make sure a child stays in his room pretty bad. And they, they were going to do a bunch of murders. So, yeah, they suck. I hate them. My villain is that guy in capitalism. The leather out. Uh. No, it's capitalism. <laughs> yeah, capitalism bad. <laughs> it's not the. It's not the guy in leather. There's no ethical billionaire. He gets the wall too. No, I'm just kidding. I don't disagree, <laughs> but also capitalism bad in this one. This is it's just rough. The fetishism of billionaires in this movie. Yeah, there's a couple of moments where in today times they miss. I mean, it, but it's not too. Nothing's like egregious or off color, really. Just like tonally, things are bad. There was a couple of fat jokes, but as far as... Oh, yeah, those are bad. 90s comedies go. Got off pretty light, I feel like. My villain is Cadbury. Okay. Because he strips that man down naked and takes his clothes. That man was trying to kill him. They didn't show it, Reed, but he took that guy's (laughs) little penis out. He does at least look at his penis. (laughs) (laughs) He took it out? (laughs) He took it out. (laughs) Before he decided that he was going to keep his own underwear. <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, you know what? These ones will work just fine. No, I don't know. Yeah, my villain's got to be uh, John Larroquette for all the all the reasons we've said. I mean, not because he was bad. He was a great bad guy. He wanted to kill kids. I believed that he wanted to kill kids. Uh, I believe John Larroquette has killed kids. I, I believe that in general. I think John Larroquette would be fine shooting a child, yeah. <laughs> if it's him or the kid, John Larroquette is taking that shot 
every oh, yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> ten times out of ten. <laughs> don't do not test him. <laughs> you don't want to see his hand where his hip be at. Okay, guys. Uh, what what's your final thoughts? And uh, would you recommend Richie Rich? I think it was uh, everything that it wanted to be. Does it fall flat some points? Of course. Is it a movie for adults? No. Is it a movie that I would recommend to my peers? No. <laughs> that would be insane. It would be insane for me to suggest that somebody in their mid-30s would enjoy Richie Rich just to watch Richie Rich. But that being said, I've said this before. I've got little kids. They probably get a kick out of this dang thing. I wouldn't even recommend it for them because there's still that the fat jokes and it's not tonally right a lot of times. You have to trust. Eventually, they're going to see stuff where people do bad stuff. And if you're doing your job, then they're able to parse through what's acceptable and what ain't. I don't even think I'd recommend it for people with kids. Yeah. I think this is, uh, yet again, you know, this is another nerdplexy yeah. bingo. But if you've... <laughs> the center square is it's capitalism. <laughs> if this was one of your VHS movies and you're like, I'm like, I jam on Richie Rich when I was a kid. And you're wondering, like, is it worth watching again? In that case, I think uh, as far as nostalgia movies go, this one's pretty clean. I think you can watch this, especially if you have a memory of it already. Yeah, it's going to be good. I mean, for me, the movie itself has some decent jokes. It has some good bits. It's not a good. It's not a good movie. When I was a child, I watched Richie Rich as a child. <laughs> I think there's a Bible verse. Now that you're an adult. And now that I'm an adult, I, I appreciate Cadbury a lot more than I probably did. Yeah, for sure. But he's not stodgy. All the characters are good, though. Like, these are all tropes that could be overdone. Cadbury could be too stuffy in a, in a fuss budget, and he has to get over that. But he's always kind of chill. Uh, Richie. Do you think they wanted Tim Curry? What's that? Do you think they wanted Tim Curry? Well, everyone always wants Tim Curry. I honestly think this movie succeeds on the back of Jonathan Hyde as well as, you know, some of the other actors. The Jonathans. The other yeah, Jonathans. Lara Kett and Hyde. Yes, indeed. They're good. Everything's fine. But it's, yeah, it's just kind of a nothing movie, honestly. So if you don't have a previous connection with this one, give it a skip. Well. That being said, let us know what you thought of this one. So make sure to head on over to fleshhorse.com to get all of your Nerdaplexy news. If Nerdaplexy, if you if you haven't been to nerdaplexy.com because you're worried you can't spell it and like you can't ever remember like, oh, what is it again? Uh, I can't remember. Now we solved that problem for you. Just go to fleshhorse.com. <laughs> And it'll take you right to the <laughs> website and podcast you care about. So please remember to head on over to fleshhorse.com for all your podcast needs. A big thank you as well to Jared Dines, who is the uh, YouTuber whose uh, cool guitar sound effects I've been cribbing for this episode. So uh, check him out on YouTube at uh, Jared Dines. Uh, if you'd like to send us an electronic message like Gloria, you can do that at nerdaplexy at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to uh, uh, give us a tweet, you can. Ooh, a little tweety. And that's at nerdaplexy, uh, pod on Twitter. Once you're there, you'll be interacting with our social media manager, Dave. Yeah, you can hit me up there and, or at the face of Dave, and I can send you stupid weird doll e art ai generated art that is everywhere right now flesh horse fleshhorse.com you can check me out at read underscore nerdaplexy on letterbox where i review movies and uh talk to cool mm, cinema minded folks sam is at pgh underscore svh if you want to hear if you want to hear some um, fucking Street Fighter-based remixes, head on over to my SoundCloud. You can find that at PGH <laughs> underscore read. You really should make a Nerdaplexy album on there. Maybe a band camp. <laughs> pay, what, pay what you like. Oh, yeah. We'll be su supplying these read jams. Yeah, maybe I'll put up all the ones I've gathered so far. I mean, there's a good bit. Intro, comic book book of the month. Um, monkey bar. <laughs> monkey bar. Monkey bar is a good one. Monkey bar. I do enjoy that. I think that could be fleshed out into a whole song. 
about four and a half minutes, nice and tight. Just just reading reviews for the monkey bar. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not as good. <laughs> so head on over to bandcamp.com slash nerdoplexy or whatever it actually ends up being. So yeah, check out some of those tunes. Great idea, Sam. Thank you very much. But until we meet again, we'd like to leave you with uh, this thought to ponder. I'm going to swing you into my mouth. <laughs> Dad not found. <laughs> Dad found. Wheezy F baby and the F is for First Corinthians chapter thirteen verse eleven. <laughs> That's a little, a little in Bible study. <laughs>